Hey, do you want to make real change here in 2023? Stick around. I'm going to tell you how. i got an awesome challenge I'm going to be doing. You can join me. Unless you're a chicken. Anyway, welcome to Real Talk. Episode 197. Is that right? Yeah. All right. Thought I said that last week. There it is. I'm Todd. This is AJ. And here we are. We're back. What's up, y'all? Dude, so, that was an unexpected intro from you, man. Well, I wasn't going to tell you because it's a real thing I'm going to do. I'm, I'm, excited I'm actually to hear going it. to do it myself. So whether anyone does this with me, I'm going to do this. And I think it's going to help people make a real change in their life. Or at I, least for me. I know I need plenty of change, <clears throat> so I'm open. So that's it. I don't know why I'm so loud. <clears throat> Guys, what is real talk? Well, hey, if you're new to the show and you're like, hey, Todd, just get to the thing that's going to change your life. I'll get to that in a second. But... By the way, it's not a trick. I really do have something. But uh, what is real talk? Well, for the most part, we're just a bunch of guys um, sitting around talking about God, life, the Bible, and how we put all that stuff together in a realistic way. Um, and we wanted to give a platform and a place where maybe people like us who are trying to figure all this out and really live this out can come together and talk about it. So somewhere in the description of this video, you're going to see a link, www.theremnant.live slash real-talk. You can copy and paste it in your browser, or maybe it's an actual link, depending on which platform you're watching or listening. And if you go to that and go to the bottom of the page, it has a box that says submit a question. <clears throat> now, maybe you're a Christian that has like a very uncomfortable question to ask, and you feel weird asking it to your pastor in person or someone like that. Well, you know what? We're not here to replace them. We're just here as a place to maybe... Um, give you a starting place to get some of those answers and make you feel comfortable, then maybe you can eventually have these kinds of conversations in person with someone. Because here's the cool thing. When you write that question in that box and hit submit, it goes into our database instantaneously, but even better if you're anxious, it goes into it anonymously, which means we don't get an IP address, we don't get a cell phone, we don't get a name. It's completely anonymous uh, so that you can feel safe in asking that question. That's it. And maybe you're a non-Christian. You're like, listen, I ain't a Christian, but I've always had questions about it. And I don't have anyone to ask. Well, here it is. This is the place for that. That's it. We also talk about some stuff in the news that's going on maybe you don't know about. I think that's about it. And it's important for everyone to note my shirt. Have you worn yours yet? I have. I did not. I think, I think I'm the only one that hasn't. <laughs> oh, dude, I love Which, that shirt. I wear that shirt to flag. To be clear. I know you do. And someone actually made a comment. To be clear, this shirt fits me better. And I'm not exaggerating. The 99% of my shirts. So we got this from one of our real ones fans. Kelsey, you know who you are. Kelsey. And what does it say? Well, we were supposed to do a Taco Tuesday, which we never did, which we need to do. So Actually, very we do clever. Need real talk, nacho, average podcast. <laughs> anyway, it really <laughs> Dude, is that's such a good it's shirt. It's an awesome shirt. It's soft. It's hilarious, and it legitimately fits me better than 99% of my shirts. Oh, dude, mine so. fits me so well, too. It's actually insane. It's almost oh, yeah, it's awesome. Like, how did she know? He's a wizard. <laughs> Thanks, Kelsey. We really do appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you. All righty. Well, AJ, the yes. question of the day here that we're going to start off before we get to a bunch of other cool stuff okay. is, let me ask you something, man. What's what going on in your life? Anything? So, actually, I did make a couple, made a couple notes. First, Bible. I want to talk about the Bible. First Corinthians 8 is what I read today. Um, to kind of sum it up um, into as quick of a little synopsis as possible, um, so it, it kind of talks about you know a matured believer eating meat dedicated to false idols and how that can create a stumbling block to a new believer. Mm -hmm. um, and what that made me think of was you know what we do affects others, and it's a theme that is being repeated to me in my life. Um, so you know I know for me, I can so often just what I do or, or, or 
on the opposite spectrum, what I do not do, um, I can tend to think it only affects me, mm. whether it's con- conscious or subconscious. Um, and That's good, and that just, I don't know, man, it, it sucks because it, I know that it, it affects others, but I, a lot of the time I don't see that in the moment or I don't, um, or I don't think about it. And so one thing that I want to get better at is making the reason why I do things or why I, you know, do what I do, making it about other people and not myself. And it's weird, man. Um, cause I feel like I used to do this well, actually. So, um, I think one thing that's, that's happened to me that's managed, that's made me kind of like go in this direction of thinking about myself more than others and like how, you know, I only, I affect me and I don't affect everybody is like, I don't, I don't know if it's just like a, an anxiety thing. Like, I don't know if like it just anxiousness has made me become so inward focused that I've just kind of almost forgotten that at times or what. But, um, that's one reason why I think of it. But, uh, another reason why I think that is because um, I think I've lately it's been getting better, but I think that when I when I was having a like a really good relationship with Jesus, it, it naturally became outward focused instead of inward. So like I'm still convicted now by how much better of a relationship I had with Jesus that like you know a couple years ago say compared mm. to like now. No, so those are two things that I think about it, and it makes sense if if I not if I'm not having as good a relationship with Jesus as I as you know as I was say two years ago or whatever, um, you know then it makes sense why I'm anxious and it makes sense why I'm inward focused. So that's something I was convicted about. Um, had a rough day yesterday; was not feeling very well. Um, so that's another life update. Um, I feel a lot better today. I still feel a little hazy in my head. <laughs> Um, so, you know, if I, if you guys see me looking weird, it's not that I'm like not here. It's just my, I just, my, my brain feels kind of foggy still. So, but I'm just glad, I'm just glad I feel a lot better. So, um, and I'm able to function today. Yesterday was hard. So, um, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It it was a rough day yesterday. (laughs) Um, take before you started actually feeling better or are you still pretty crappy? Um, I would say that physically I'm a lot better, um, except for like the head, the head haze. Like, mm. or like, I know I'm, I'm severely dehydrated. I know that for sure. Because like, if I like stand up, I get woozy. So I, I've been trying to drink water and stuff. I, I'm not trying to overdo it though. Cause I don't want to get sick. <laughs> mm. Even though I don't really feel like I'm going to get sick or anything. I just, I don't want to overdo it. So I've been trying to take my time with it. Um, yeah. let's see. Oh, one more thing. So I had a, uh, this is actually, this stemmed from a conversation I have with you. And I don't remember when this happened. I feel like it was recently. But I, I posed the question to myself, do you take grace for granted slash abuse it? Um, and then it made me think about arrogance. And, and uh, I think I can be arrogant at times when I think about the fact that it wouldn't be me, the one who's abusing grace, right? Like, oh, you know, well, you know, I grew up, you know, I didn't grow up in church or, you know, I didn't, you know, so I'm going to have a deeper understanding of what grace is, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And it's like, that's not true, man. Like, I am just as, uh, I'm just as much capable of abusing grace than anybody who's grown up in church. So, like, I think I had some arrogance in me that was thinking that, you know, that like, well, you know, I wouldn't be that guy, you know, I wouldn't be the guy to abuse grace or, you know, I wouldn't be the one who would take it for granted, but like I definitely am, <laughs> so that's just another thought I had. What do you um, do with that? I got a real, or I guess for people out there, maybe define what that means to 
take grace for granted or whatever you say. Mm. I think that uh, for me, like taking grace for granted slash abusing it is when you are, when you have sinful patterns, but you make excuses for them. Mm. So like, you know, I know that I've, I've been selfish for a long time and I continue to be selfish in a lot of areas. So it's like, okay, you know, I either have to face the fact that like, you know, hey man, like you're being selfish in these areas and people are seeing that you got to change something or, you know, I, or I could just go, oh, you know what? Like it'll get figured out sometime, someday, like, you know, and not take it as serious. To me, that's abusing the, you know, grace because I know that, you know, all sin is the same in God's eyes. So like, you know, if I'm in a sinful pattern, whether it's one thing or multiple things, then it's like, you know, to me, that's abusing grace because like, it's, you know, in, in a way it's like saying like, should we sin all the more? In a way, it's saying yes to me, like um, especially if if I'm not showing any outward any outward um, effort in trying to change it. Because in that and, and if that's the case, I'm just accepting that that's who I am. And to me, it's like I don't know, man. One that's giving up on yourself, but also that's like um, to me, that's abusing the grace that God's given you to 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 stumble, but get back up and keep going. So if yeah. I stumble and I don't get up but I say I'm going to, or I say, like, I'm going to change, and I don't, to me, that's abusing his grace. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, like, yeah, man. Those are a couple of things I've just, I thought of earlier today. Um, did you did you have another question about that? I don't remember. Okay. Couldn't remember if you asked multiple. Like I said, my, I'm kind of hazy, so. Oh, I think <laughs> I said what you do with that. Oh, um, gotcha. Um, What do I do with that? I think for me, man, I just have to... I have to recognize that I have to move. And it's something that I've been told a lot, but I have to I have to move. Not just tell myself I'm going to move, but actually move. You know, cuz to me that's that's me taking taking grace for granted from people and from God actually. Is when I tell people I'm going to move and then I don't, but, I, but then I just keep telling them I'm going to move, like that's not fair. And that that hurts people. And so, like, I really got to feel the weight of that, and that's something that I haven't done really good at because of the fact that I've been so inward-focused, like, mm -hmm. because I've been like, hey, you know, this only affects me, so then you don't feel the weight of how that hurts other people or how that affects them, and then you just keep doing the same thing. So, for me, it's just like, I've got to take a step, man. I've got to move. I, I don't, I can't just say I'm going to move anymore. I have to. I have to move, so. Mm. I know it probably sounds like a broken record, <laughs> For those of you who listen, but that's just, I don't know, man. That's just part of my life, so. Well, I kind of feel you there. I'm sort of in the same spot. <clears throat> On As far as your sickness, I mean, are you drinking Gatorade? I, I have not had any electrolytes, <laughs> no. Do you, uh, do you remember what I, what I told you when you first started feeling this Monday? You told me to drink electrolytes, didn't you? Yep. <laughs> Mainly because I had dealt with the same stuff. Not to the level that you did, I don't think. Mine was just more pain. I mean, I definitely had some, but yeah, I didn't go to the bathroom as much as you did, or like whether it was one side or the other. Yeah, I definitely. You, yeah, I mean, it's really important that you drink electrolytes. I know sometimes I think, <laughs> I think you're just one of those guys. Sometimes it's like, nah, man, I'm not a normal human. I don't need things that humans need, <laughs> like vitamins and nutrients. <laughs> you know, when the truth is, you know, I used to be that guy, which is partially why I, I relate. I really was. Like, I want you to understand, that's how I ended up in the hospital for, like, dehydration multiple times. Uh, three times, to be precise. Um, because I would be like, well, I don't need, you know, I don't want. I think I bought into the whole, I 
water's weakness thing sometimes from like a football <laughs> night, which is the dumbest thing. Water's really, weakness. You really should, man. There's some soup down there, you know, you could eat. It's a good idea, man. I really, I, I will after this. <laughs> hey, you want to be hazy and pass out, man? No. We'll pour it down your throat when a, you're passed it's out. It's a terrible you know feeling. I mean? It's a terrible Get feeling. Get you a straw or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sorry you haven't felt good. That is a terrible... Like I said, I really did have some sort of stomach bug thing last... I think it was last week. Mm-hmm. And it was miserable. It's been going around, man, and it's yeah. rough, dude. It yeah. really is. Yeah, it has. It's been... I actually... Funny thing, dude. I, last night, had a bit of an attack, I called him. And mm-hmm. I thought for sure I caught again. I was like, did I catch this again? And maybe I did, you know? But it was pretty rough. The crazy part to me is how extreme it can feel, but it goes away so fast. Yeah. It's so weird how that works. But, well, you know, the body's getting rid of all that as much as it can to try to get rid of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then just the sucky parts of the recovery process, like you said, getting those electrolytes in you. So Yeah, man. That's, make yeah, because sure you're so, that. not just water. <laughs> I mean, you need, but like you you're, you don't have any calories in you, man. No, in no. So really not good for you. <laughs> <laughs> but I am glad you feel better. Thanks, dude. Yeah, and as far as it being a broken record, man, I think that, you know, people people will respect it. You're human. You know, I, that's why I ask you a lot, what do you do with that? It's not to be a snot. It's to try to, you know, have you process through, like, what's going to be a step? Because I seriously am on the exact same boat for the exact same reasons, but I had the realization that I want to, I got to do something different, man. So yeah. I'm in the, you know, I thought of something I'm going to do. It's part of what I'm going to tell people, but I'm excited to, to jumpstart you know, my life. But I think that's one of the things sometimes it seems like from the outside that you can get stuck on is you don't think of what that is. It's true. I don't know if that's true. It can seem that way from the outside. Or like, I know you, because you're not lying when you say you want to do that. Anyone that has either watched the show or knows you knows that you're not lying about it. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it's one of those things, man, where it's like, I, I think that's true. Like that I don't always think of those things, but also in the times I do think of them, I get so fearful and I get so scared that I I freeze, man. Like I, you know, I start thinking about all the things that have to go into it. I start thinking about all the things, like all the channels it needs to go through or, or whatever. And I just get overwhelmed sometimes. I just freeze, man. That just can't happen. What makes you freeze? Which part again? Like I think of all the factors that have to go into something or I think about like all the channels it needs to go through or like, you know, and like I just, yeah. all the details. And it just freezes me. Is that always up to you, though? Is every channel up to you? No. I don't know. I, was, I watched a... Man, what, I wish I had written it down because it applies to this directly, and I don't want to butcher it. I watched a video. Okay, yeah. I think it was Jocko Willink, Willink or whatever. Old Jocko. You guys know him. Former like Navy SEAL. and does a pocket stuff now. But he pretty much said... <clears throat> it's so true. Stop overthinking stuff. Stop thinking about why you do it or if you should do it. Just do it. So, and I thought, like, for some reason that really struck me because I can tend to be an overthinker too. So instead of getting up and going, well, I've got to do this if I'm going to do that, and then this has to happen, just go do that thing. It's so true, stop, man. Stop even, giving, yeah, stop even giving yourself time to think. Just go do it. And it's like, man, when I thought about that, that for me, that's definitely good advice because sometimes I can tend to overthink. Yeah, I mean, we're all, it's, yeah, you're right, because we're all different, we all need different things, and I think for a guy like like me, like, you're right, I think I just need to do it, like, because when I start thinking about all those things, it's right, you're right, it, I just, it just paralyzes me, so. Mm, I get it, man. Hmm. But <clears throat> you, TB, how's life, the highway of life for you, my friend? Um, well, one of the things that I, I've been, I kind of hit me, so they're, they're, they're sort of connected here, so I'll try my best to make it quick, and 
explain it. So I got that feeling again that I get lately. And it started with one thing at a time here. I can tend to beat myself up for sins and mistakes I make and get really frustrated. I've talked about this on a show a few weeks ago. I, it's so confusing to me how I can love Jesus with everything in me and truly do and follow him and also do things that are just not honoring to him or do mm. things he doesn't want me to do or not do things he wants me to do and it drives me nuts sometimes. So I was thinking about that today on the treadmill, actually. Well, not that specific. That was days ago, which leads to... And I've just been really down, man. And it's like not down in a... People want it to be something simple, like... Hey, you know, are you sad because it's a Monday? Are you sad? And I think that's cool. I appreciate people asking, but it's different, man. It's almost like I'm not even sad. I'm just, I'm in the gray is what I call it. I'm kind of like in in a fog, man. Like yeah. nothing, I'm just so tired of feeling like like the sad sentimental or, or focused on the time that's passing or being worried or like just feeling sort of a weight on me that drains me of really any joy, not even for other people, just for myself selfishly. And <clears throat> like, you know... It's such an odd, I don't even know if that even really describes it. The gray is the best way. So I was thinking about it, and I started thinking about Then I started thinking, oh, gosh, I do so many stupid things. And then I started thinking about, you know, what, why am I, what's going on? And, you know, one of the series that we're doing, which I might change, I don't know. I, it's a whole other topic. But this idea that I've been pondering and kind of looking through is, like, what did Jesus actually say? All his words, sort of his commands or his um, statements. Yeah. Not not necessarily every question, but the things that are, <clears throat> you know, he says directly and to us. And it's, it's I don't know, man. I, I just feel like sometimes I'm seeing only part of the gospel or part of it. And I'm not really grasping sometimes, any of us are, because I th- what it all is. Like, what if I really believed my sin is cast as far as east from the west? Would I even think about it? But the mm. truth is, most of my own self-condemnation comes... Well, from myself, like, but a lot of condemnation in the way I view myself comes from how other people say I would be, right? So if if, a, if person A does this, he can't really love Jesus. So then when we see person A do that and everybody's questioning if they love Jesus, we apply that to ourselves, whatever it is. Hmm. So, you know, it can be anything from, oh, you're too competitive in church basketball league, so you must not be a real Christian, um, which <laughs> to you know, anything. And then you start going, well, maybe, maybe I'm not because that's what it's supposed to be. And then I look in scripture and I see nothing like that. And I think it's just, we get sucked into this religion sometimes that we've created that is about sin management and about, you know, being good enough, saving ourselves. And I don't think we intend to do that. That's what it turns into. And I can already hear some people out there watching and go, what's he talking about? And it's like, clearly, I don't even want to See, there it is. I started doing it again. I was like, I don't even, shouldn't even care what those people think. But yeah, it's so radical, man, and so freeing. And I'm always struck by that. I've come to set the captives free, heal the brokenhearted. All these things Jesus said he came to do. You know, God loved his only son. They sent his son in the world. Anyone who believed in him may have eternal life, right? All that stuff. Yeah. Um, and the world, when, you know, he doesn't want the world to be condemned, but the world will be saved through him. All that stuff is like, we don't really talk about that a lot. We don't sit in the freedom of that. And I've realized that a lot of my view of how God views me certainly can come from our own father sometimes, or father issues, or family issues, but some of it comes from the way the church treats people. And I start thinking that that they speak for him. And I don't know, man. And then I get accused sometimes of like... like someone asked a really good question in here, uh, and I'll get to it in a minute. They said... 
Todd, you don't like long-term Christians. It's very obvious. I listened to a pastor, and I was like, found myself wanting to get defensive, and I was like, well, partially I do think they weren't listening to the whole thing, but I do struggle sometimes because I believe in them so much. Like, I view them as like, man, you guys, I'll get to it in a minute, but even that, everything I say, every single thing I say and do is, you know, and this is for all of us. In the church, it can feel like ever, someone is judging it. Yeah. And then I can hear the person, well, we're supposed to judge each other within the church. It's like, you're not, I don't know, man. I don't know if that's actually what it's all about. So I'm just trying to figure some of that out as I study scripture and very thankful for Jesus and, and grace and mercy that I get in him. And, you know, that no other people's viewpoint doesn't change us. So why do we live like it does? Mm. You know, why do I doubt? And sometimes it's not always other people. Sometimes it's just what I think other people think, you know? Yeah. Or not even other people, what I think about myself. Or, like, it's hard to believe someone can love you that much. And as much as God loves us, that once we put our faith in Him, that He doesn't remember our sin anymore, that it's gone. Exactly, man. So. It, it kind of reminds me of, of, like, you brought up in a conversation probably, like, a couple weeks ago, maybe it was three weeks ago or something, but when you talked about, like, sin, how, like, you know, once you're saved by Christ, man, like, your sin is irrelevant. And it made me think about that because, you know, we, because today's culture, you know, and you, again, you've said this for a long time, like, that the church, you know, seems to have this, this idea of sin management as a focal point in what they do, you know, instead of, like, you know, focusing on the freedom of Christ, you know, and so, yeah, and doing, you know, if we focus on the do's as much as we focus on the don'ts, the don'ts become easier to not do. <laughs> and that's a lot of words, but it's the truth. Absolutely. And um, that's kind of what, you know, sin management, what he means by this. It's just this idea that, that you know, the, that our religion is focused on, we need to focus on not doing bad things. And if we do bad things, bad things mean sin. And primarily the only ones people care about are the physical carnal sins, so lust drunkenness, you know, that kind of stuff. They don't, there's not as much condemnation for pride or unforgiveness or all these things that Jesus found very important. Mm. Um, and so that becomes such a heavy weight because we can't manage our sin on our own. Holy Spirit has to be a part of that process, has to. We cannot be sanctified, become more like Jesus on our own merit. It doesn't matter how much, how hard we try. And you know, it's one of those things that, that that's why he tells us to do the things he tells us, to meditate on his word, to be in prayer, to be in community, to serve, to love. And when we do those things, naturally, as a byproduct, we will become more like him, right? When we do the things he does. And I think a lot of times, at least for me, I can tend to say, well, I've got to judge myself by how well I don't do the things he doesn't do. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Versus focusing on doing the things that he did. Yeah, man. That's very, that, uh, you know, okay, he didn't sin, so that's what I have to do. I have to be perfect. I cannot, I, that's the focus, and it's not that sin is okay, and, and, and the fact that I even have to preface this shows you how ugly sometimes that our culture has become because I can't even say something without going, but hey, I know sin's bad, and I know we got to kill it, and all these things. It's like, duh, we all know that. You know, like, I, it's just such an odd thing sometimes, you know, and, and it's always an extreme thing within our faith. And I love Christianity, and I love, because it's Jesus, and I love the church with a capital C. I love the church. If anything, I think the church is so incredible that we don't even realize how special the body of Christ really is, man, and how beautiful it is when it's operating out of the Spirit and living life together the way they said. I, 
my issue is not that I hate the church. It's that I love it so much that sometimes it drives me crazy when I watch us not be where we're supposed to be. Because it's, mm. it's the light of the world, man. It's the salt. Jesus said that. We have to be the thing that's different. We have to be the thing that, that shines. And I think we're so internally focused on trying to fix ourselves and so internally focused on you know, fixing other people that we don't let God do what God does and just focus on doing what he told us to do. And I, at least for my life, that's something that I, I want to continue to rest, man, and abide and rest in his grace and his truth. And, you know, the world, if the whole world turned against me and told me I wasn't, do I have enough faith? Is my faith in him or other people's view of him? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that's one thing. So for me, as I started thinking about all that, I'm like, gosh, I'm tired of feeling sad, man. I'm tired of like, or not even sad, just down and gray. I was like, I got to do something different. It's kind of like you said, man. I, I've been, for instance, my schedule is freaking crazy, and it's part of why I'm stressed all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's it it controls me. I do not control my schedule, and so what ends up happening is because my my schedule controls me, and it feels so out of control, and I'm just at the mercy of everyone and everything, right? Everything really. Yeah. I don't mean people, like everything. But sometimes that I will then like, okay, so I'm going to rebel by staying up. I can't sleep anyway very well. I mean, I try. Yeah. Like, but makes it worse if i'm like i don't want to sleep because i know that the next morning it all starts again because i it's it's just me like holding on or like i told other people it's like i'm riding that snowball that's getting bigger down the hill if you've seen those cartoons so i so one of the things i've been doing is you know getting sounds so stupid i'm pretty organized when it comes to my to-do list and stuff but i realized i gotta do something different so i'm like i hate this the the wild man i mean the guy with the wild heart you know mustang whatever you want to call that part of me that just hates this is I'm scheduling every hour because I, for a while, and I'm talking even like work out, hey, talk to this friend for this amount of time, spend this amount of time meditating, thinking, praying, put this time at this time. And the reason I'm doing that for a while is to try to get a grasp of this because me holding on, I'm not, I'm hurting myself, I'm hurting other people because I am miss appointments or, you know, all these other things. So I'm, so I'm going to do that. But it means doing a lot of other different things in my life too because it's like, okay, I'm doing that in my schedule. But I'm still feeling gray. Like, what's the what's something else I can do? And it comes back to saying that book I thought about. We we've talked about where the guy lived like Jesus for a while that wasn't even a believer. And yep. It's like, dude, I'm just tired. Sometimes, and I'm such a I'm tired of being in the same place. I'm tired of not holding Jesus to His word. I've said that before. So I'm just gonna do some stuff different, man. I'm gonna do some crazy stuff and see if that jump starts my life and jump starts some change, which leads me to you guys. So right now I'm calling it the joy challenge for me. Now I'm going to go in depth about this with our men's group here in church and ask, because I'm going to take it up a notch. I got a thing I want to ask some guys to do. It's not going to be like official, like a, you know, because if I make it an official Bible study, then, you know, people are weird about that. Yeah. Uh, we're, we have Bible studies, but I don't want them to feel that pressure. But I'm going to do something kind of crazy. And just, I think sometimes the reason we as men at least are very down is like, we are just stuck in a rat race, man. We are just stuck in that wheel in the hamster cage. And I don't want to be on that wheel anymore. I want to do something completely different. So here's my challenge. If you guys want to, if you just feel like you want to, and it doesn't even, if you're not me and maybe you're not feeling sad or down, or you're not feeling down, but you're not feeling joyful. Maybe you aren't, you know, you've wanted to make change in your health, but you haven't. Maybe your faith's dry and you keep, you keep kind of putting it off. Well, I think that trying this with me, let's see what happens. These experiments. So here's the deal. And I, I kind of did part of this a long time ago in college. It made a difference. It's going to sound funny. Here we go. One, first thing you do when you wake up, first thing you do is get on your knees, actually on your knees, and pray. 
you have to pray for five minutes at least, right? As soon as you get up. Hopefully you don't have to set a timer, but that's your deal. And I only say five minutes, so it's not just, hello, God. But every day, you know, you don't have to set it. If you're one of those people that gets obsessed with the clock, that'll miss the point. Every day, first thing you do, get on your knees and pray. Mm. Second thing you do, you read some of the Bible right away. And I'm going to choose, if you guys want to do this with me exactly, read the Gospel of Mark. I had time on here. I put five minutes again, but that just means, like, read something, okay? And by the way, you should also pray when you're praying Pray that God will speak to you through his word. Mm. Okay, ask him. And this is part of people lose people. Then you're going to do 10 push-ups. Okay, doesn't matter if it's on your knees, because some of you are like, I can't do push-ups. If it's on your knees, if it's on your hands, whatever, your version, 10 push-ups, okay? Mm-hmm. Then, here's a different one, stretch. Just an just a easy, kind of light stretch, you know, Hold just your legs, your back, your arms, kind of twist a little bit. Okay, this is all before, this should still be right beside your bed pretty much. Because <clears throat> if you go out to get that coffee first, you're missing the point. This has to be right away. Mm. Okay, now that's the first morning thing. Here's a couple more. Every day, I'm going to try to do this every day. You may just do a week, but if you're doing the challenge with me, every day. Reach out and touch base with someone. And what that means is someone that you used to be friends with, someone that you're friends with, a family member or something, just reach out and say, not for any weird, I'm not even telling you to preach the gospel to them, just reach out and say, hey, how you doing? Because it's, I think doing that's going to remind us that we're not alone, that we're not, we, it, it, pull, it naturally pulls us out of that bubble we get stuck in. Yeah, right. Because really ideally you're going to be reaching out to different people. I'm not saying it has to be a different person every time because people get all weird with specifics of challenges. <laughs> but reach out to someone. Maybe it's the same person every day. Maybe you're rekindling a friendship or a relationship with a parent or a you know a sibling or a friend. Yeah. Okay? Every day. Here's the other one. Do one fun thing a week that you schedule. So it gets put on your calendar and it's something fun for you. If that's reading a book, if that's sitting out on the porch sipping coffee or hot cocoa, if that's going for a walk, if that's watching a movie, if that's playing a video game, if so it doesn't matter. Put it on there every week. Do something you want to do for fun. And it has to be scheduled. Yeah. So the idea would be, if you're doing it with me now, starting today, whenever you're hearing this, schedule it now. But moving forward, I'm going to try to schedule it every Sunday night for the following week. Okay? Mm. And this is a big one for me. And it may not be an issue for some of you, and I'll try to define it. No complaining at all. You cannot complain at all. So I want to make this clear because for me, because I thought about this, there's a difference between processing things and complaining. And I'll yeah. give, try to give an example. So here's processing something. Hey, man, can I talk to you a second? Like, today was really hard at work, and I don't know, you know, how to deal with this person. Versus, work sucks. I can't stand this person. You know, I can't believe I got to go do this. Do you see the difference? Yeah, big difference. No complaining. So for me, because I'm a processor, verbal processor, I can easily slip into complaining, but not meaning to. So Mm. zero complaining, not a single complaint, right? Because my complaining can happen with God in prayer when I'm sharing with him because hmm. by the way that'll fade over time so no complaining it seems simple and I call it the joy challenge because I think that's going to bring me joy man and before you all go Todd I don't know if it's going to work okay don't do it but I'm doing something to force myself out of the same rut that I'm in yeah and for me I think this is and by the way I have more stuff but for you guys out there that may want to do this and just want to get yourself jump started and listen it can even be like oh my fitness I'm terrible in fitness right now that's what I, what's cool about this is it any sort of movement at all 
gets us moving and thus it's easier to get moving in a new direction. Mm. Does that make sense? Yep. So I had a really great, and I'm going to try to get a hold of this professor I've said. If he ever watches this, Prof, you know you are. Uh, I'm so sorry I haven't got back to you. It's one of those things. Anyway, he gave me really good advice, and I've told you guys this over and over. He, he said long ago in college, he said, it's easier to move a ship in motion than it is to, to move a ship that's sitting still. Like, you can't take a huge ship and turn it around with no movement. You got to, you know, even if your direction's wrong or not exactly right, at least you're moving, and then you can do a circle. And I thought yeah. that was so good and so deep. So that's my thing. Pray, read the Bible, 10 push-ups, stretch. That's all as soon as you wake up. Then reach out and touch base with someone in your life. Schedule one fun thing a week and do it, and no complaining. Mm. Nice, man. I love it. I got to see what happens. So if you guys want to join me, you can read, you know, let us know. If you're going to join me in that or you want to join me with that, I'm going to try to do an update, and I'm going to be real with you, you know, and if you fail, okay. The point is not pass or fail, like 100%. The point is doing, but you shouldn't give yourself an out. So, like, if you wake up and you forget or you don't get one of these things done, don't quit. Mm. Just take it 24 hours at a time. That's what I'm going to do, and let's try to do this for a while. And my goal is to do it, you know, it's going to sound setting a realistic goal. For me, I have my unrealistic goal. (laughs) <laughs> and then the goal I'm going to tell you, the, the goal that I'm going to tell you is like two weeks, but I'm going to focus on a day at a time. I'm going to see if something changes. And I have a lot more that I'm going to do personally to kind of put, let's say put God at the test, but I'm going to say, I'm going to trust his promises. Let's put yeah. it that way. And I'm going to see what happens, man. And cause I'm just tired. I'm tired of being in a rut. Mm. So you spoke to me, man. That's good my plan. stuff, dude. You guys don't have to be in a rut. If we, you know, he told us some stuff. So let's see what happens. Let's see what happens if we feed that fruit. Hmm. that he tells us naturally grows in the lives of a Christian. You know? Yeah, I love it. And there's other things, clearly, you know. We're going to try to, if you're in an addiction, we'll get to that later. But I don't want to focus so much on the don'ts right now. Let's just do some stuff that may end up helping us in the don'ts. I love this. All right, that's it. I'm going to keep hitting this on the ground like this. So that's all I got. Sorry for the rambling, folks, but that's that's where I'm at in life. Loved it, man. Thank you for sharing. I yeah. love this joy challenge idea. Give it a whirl. Let us know in the comments or shoot, shoot it in the... Uh, you know, in the comments of this video or the review, or you could shoot it at the link at www.theremnant.life slash real-talk. It'll be cool to know if you're joining me because I'm going to pray for you during my prayer time by name. So you can just put your first name in there and that you're with me. Say, hey, I'm in your name, and I'll know what you mean, and I'll get, get, get praying with you and for you. And pray for me during that too. Alrighty. Looks like we're now on, unless I'm mistaken, to the highlight of the show. The highlight. And that is anonymous, real questions asked by you folks. Yes. Some good ones today. And uh, I have not prepped at all, so that concerns me a lot, because I think <laughs> some of these are pretty real. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Got yeah. some good stuff today. Oh, yeah. We got so, a couple biblical ones, but... I think it... Yeah, no joke. I'm going to at least pull up the Mark one here. Okay. Because they're going to get me, and then I'm going to... Save time. So in the meantime, AJ, yes. I, how about this? Okay. Number one, found this really cool article, and then they give us an article from WW, or essentially GodTV.com. The headline is, Dozens of Indiana Inmates Baptized. That's it. Publicly professing their faith. And this is in a place close to here. If you want to fill everyone in on what this article is about, it is Yeah, cool. man. So it's uh, <clears throat> it around 40 inmates uh, right, around the, right around the end of 2022 that decided to get baptized and uh, turn their lives over to Jesus. Um, really cool thing. Um, this is the Decatur County Detention Center here in Indiana. Um, 
pretty cool, man. They they have a really big history actually of having inmates uh, get baptized and, and and you know give their lives to Jesus. And uh, uh, says that they've been doing they've been doing this since 2018, and they've actually had over 300 men and women uh, get baptized and uh, you know proclaim the faith. So it's it's pretty cool, man. Um, on December 29th, it says there were 59 inmates who got baptized. Each one of them committed their, uh, commit, committed to changing their hearts. And uh, mm. let's see, it says Sheriff Dave Durant believes that changing the heart of these individuals would help them not commit the crimes they've done before by changing their hearts. Jesus is also changing their lives. And it says uh, if you can change the heart during that journey, everything will follow suit. Uh, and that's still Dave. He said in an interview in 2019, whether it be alcohol or drugs or poverty that are creating the cycle, we only have to change the hearts to stop the process. So, really You're talking cool. really, really fast. Are you trying to get through this real quick? I'm I sorry. do that. I do the same thing. And I realize, <laughs> why do we do that? We're on our own time here. I don't know, yeah. man. So, um, yeah, man, really cool article. Like, it's cool to see that, you know, there is, you know, we, I am familiar with a cut with, you know, besides hearing about this one in Decatur, you know, our good friend, uh, Muscles McGee, he, uh, he's a part of another jail ministry. Yeah. It's awesome. And, um, you know, it's really impactful what they're doing. And, um, you know, it just, it's giving people who don't have a whole, you know, they seem to not have much hope in life after the mistakes they've made. Um, it's just giving them hope and it's giving them an, a purpose again. And, um, I just love it. And, you know, one thing that this makes me think about also is just like, you know, I know here in Columbia city, you know, it's a little, it's a little discouraging cause I know that, you know, we currently do not offer, um, any sort of, um, we don't, we don't offer any sort of programs, um, in Columbia city to help with, with the incarcerated. Mm. So, you know, um, makes me go, man, I hope that, you know, they can have their eyes open to these kind of reports if they see them because man, it is changing lives. So absolutely. Yeah. I think it's awesome, man. I think the sheriff is pretty bold. A lot of the comments, you know, the things he said are so, I don't know, that's an elected official. So for an elected official to talk about Jesus changing hearts and to make the kind of impact 300 inmates over how many years? Uh, since 2019. Okay, that's crazy. Um, and I just think in a good way. So I think that's really, really cool. If you can change the heart during the journey, anything will fall suit. Whether it be alcohol or drugs or poverty, they're creating a cycle. I'm sorry. Whether it be alcohol or drugs or poverty that are creating a cycle, we only have to change the hearts to stop the process. I love that. Oh, yeah. Because it's kind of actually what I just said. <laughs> you can work on, okay, I'm going to make this dude not drink or else, or you can, that doesn't work because it's mm -hmm. hard. But if you can change his heart, let's say do not want to, or to want to go somewhere else, say, follow Jesus, you're naturally not going to do those things. That's right, So man. it's getting to the root instead of dealing with the surface level. I think it's awesome. Yes, it's, it's honestly really convicting to me. Like, taking what you just said earlier and then even this article, it's really, it's really convicting to me about, like, how I, how I check on people. Like, do I check on people? Like, do I just ask people, hey, are you doing this thing you shouldn't be doing? Or am I actually asking them, hey, man, like, what are you reading? Hey, man, like, you know, how, you know have you prayed today? Like, like I'm not... I'm not challenging them in the things that they should do. Instead, I'm challenging them in things that they shouldn't be doing. Mm. And I'm like, dang it, like, that's just another way of, like, doing it different. So, yeah, that's what it made me think of. Cool. Thanks for sharing that article. It really was actually genuinely really encouraging to hear nowadays, you know, with the oh, stuff yeah. going on. Absolutely. And that's pretty close to us, I think. I think that's Decatur, Indiana, right? Yeah. Really cool. All right. Next question. It says in Genesis 13, 12 to 13 in the in the CEV version, Abram and Lot split up and went different ways. Do you think Lot and Abram knew or had heard that Sodom was evil? It says Lot set up his tents not far from Sodom. 
Um, so 12 and 13 essentially says Abram lived in the land of Canaan, but Lot lived in the cities on the plain and set up his tent near Sodom. And then 13 says, um, almost as a side note, the writer of Moses, they believe the writer of Genesis says, now the men of Sodom were evil, sinning immensely against the Lord. Um, yeah, I think it was probably known, pretty well known that Sodom was not a good place. Hmm. But here's what it says too. And we got to remember why Lot did that. And uh, verse 10 says, Lot looked out and saw that the entire plain of the Jordan as far as, far as Zorah, Zorah, Zorah was well watered everywhere like the Lord's garden in the land of Egypt. And he says this was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose the entire plain of the Jordan for himself. So what he did was he looked and saw this really rich, fertile land. Mm-hmm. So to him, that was more important than the people that he was going to be around and the type of like... That's a bad place to be, but okay, I, I'm still going to choose it because I get all this nice land, yep. pastured land. You know, it's, it's nicer. The grass is greener kind of thing. Hmm. Um, ironically, weirdly. <laughs> What's crazy is that was clearly a bad choice because a bunch of people, um, Sodom ended up getting uh, uh, overran, like invaded, and he, Lot was taken prisoner. And it's actually really cool. Abraham got like 300 and some, 318 of his men or something and went in and rescued him, like a war party. How cool is that? Is that is that the story of when he has way more than that? Or is that somebody else? I don't know what you mean. Like he starts with like a big army and then... and then, then uh, No, no, it's a different is one. Is that a different story? Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, but I am going to... Now you made me look and see <laughs> about why. Yeah, because I I, I um, just remember there being a story where there's like starts with like a whole bunch of people. Yeah, and I know God, what you're talking about. Yeah. He keeps telling them to go down. That's not yep. that one. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, four kings took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their food and went on. They also took Abram's nephew Lot and his possessions, for he was living in Sodom. And they went on. Interestingly, not only that did he put his cattle outside the city, but Lot chose to live in the city, hmm. this vile city that was known. By the way, there's some interesting stuff there. I don't know. I could go on. One of the survivors came and told Abram that Hebrew who lived near the oaks belonging to Mamre, the Amorite, the brother of Eshkel, and the brother of Aner. They were bound by a treaty with Abram. When Abram heard that his relative had been taken prisoner, he assembled his 318 trained men born in his household, and they went in pursuit as far as Dan. And he and his servants deployed against them by night, defeated them, and pursued them. That would be a cool movie. They went at <laughs> night, raided this place, pursued them as far as Hobah to the north of Damascus. He brought back all the goods and also his relative Lot's and his goods, as well as the women and the other people. They rescued everyone. Jeez, Pretty man. cool, man. Wow. Abraham, the night avenger. <laughs> the night avenger. Anyway, cool story. Great question, though. Oh, my turn. Hey, man, how do you feel about the saying, quote, something... Okay, I'm, I can't speak today. I'm, I, I get it. I, yeah, I get it. On those questions. <laughs> Two, because you always joke about that. Two, how do you feel about the saying, quote, some things are better left unsaid? feel like this is a question you're asking because you have something that you don't want to tell somebody but um <laughs> how do i feel about some things are better left unsaid um i think it just depends man i don't know because like clearly we want transparency and we want to you know tell the truth to each other um but i also want to follow the bible yeah exactly man like so it's just like it's one of those things where 
I think I need more context as far as whatever this is. But as far as like just the saying in general, some things very often said, like I don't I don't necessarily believe that's good. Yeah, I think a lot of times people can justify that not to deal with issues between people. Sure. I will say the Bible says, you know, um, I'm gonna paraphrase here. Uh this essentially only say things that are good for the benefit of those who hear. Mm. So that doesn't mean we never say hard things, but what's the heart goal behind it? Is the heart goal just to share something? This is the kind of way I live. Is it just to tear someone down because it makes me feel better or to get angry out? Or is it because I want to restore a relationship or it's good for that person, right? For the That's building good. up of the person. It's so the I, heart I th- behind it. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's the heart behind it. And um, yeah, there's certainly some things we think in our flesh we probably shouldn't say. That's, that's good. Um, but like if it's, that. but if it is right. And there's a good reason behind it. That, and that doesn't Trump. Excuse me. When the Bible says, you know, when someone has something against us, let's go make it right. If mm-hmm. Brother sending you know, all these things that we're supposed to do. It's really good, man. I a hundred percent agree with you. Good stuff. And you're right on. Let's see. Can you explain what Mark one twenty two means? What authority are they talking about? And what would it look like? All right. One twenty two. Um, starts in verse 21, so you know, they, this would be Jesus and his uh, disciples, they went into Capernaum, and right away he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and began to teach. 22 says, they were astonished at his teaching because he was teaching them as one who had authority and not like the scribes. So essentially, he was speaking as though he were, he was God. Like he had authority, which he was, right? (laughs) And we know that from some of the other gospels when he started saying something, they go, who do you think you are? He wasn't teaching them like he says this. He was teaching them like this is the facts. This is how it is. Mm-hmm. Whereas the scribes would always, you know, God says this or Moses says this. He just spoke it and told them and was teaching them as, as someone who had the authority to tell them. Oh, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's it. That's awesome. Great question. I love that. Which the uh, scribes and the Pharisees and the religious leaders ended up not liking. Mm-hmm. Does that challenge their I mean, that, that's a part of the reason why they said, like, he has a demon. Like, there's a demon in you. Yeah, yeah. which that's a cool part, too, and he mm-hmm. explains why well, that isn't true. Number three, yeah, and trying to justify his miracles. Number three, which is another interesting thing. People are always like, well, yeah, if he'd just show me something, I'd believe. And it's like, no, you wouldn't. You would just attribute it to something else. A lot of times. True, man. It's the heart. So number three says, my question to you, my third question to you says, if you say following Jesus is easy, I would question who you're following. Hey, man, I agree with you. <laughs> Following Jesus is hard, but 100% worth it. Following Satan is easy and eternally fatal. That's, that's so true. Satan gives Christians plenty of lies to follow. Amen, brother. Mm-hmm. That's something we talked about a little bit Sunday, too. Oh, yeah. I, I 100% agree with this. Yeah, and the man. thing is, in America, you can, quote, follow Jesus, and it's easy. Oh, it's, oh, it's very, um, what is that word? It's very, like, it's easy to swallow. What's that word? Palpable? Yeah, it's very palpable. It's very like, no, that's feeling. Palatable. That's palatable. the word. Close. Dang, dang it. Palpable is a good word, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's really easy, right? In America. So anyway, what are your thoughts on that? Um, it reminds me of uh, something that you said that really stuck in my head the first time you ever said it. But um, you said it during a sermon a long time ago. But it's it stuck with me ever since you said it. And it was, uh, you know, following Jesus isn't isn't easy, but it's better. Yeah. Um, so to me, it's like, yeah, man, you know, following Jesus and doing what the Bible says, um, it's it's not comfortable. It's uncomfortable, and it's not gonna. It's, you know, Jesus even tells us the world's gonna hate us. He tells us all these things, and you know, to me, you know, if you're truly following Him, you're gonna feel the weight of it. Um, you're gonna feel the weight of of people not 
liking you or you're going to feel the weight of, you know, the discomfort of having to tell truth to somebody or you have to feel the weight of, you know, being bold in moments where you got to defend the gospel. Or, you know, maybe things are not going to always make sense to you according to the world. You know, I know, like, one thing you talk about a lot is you talk about how, like, why is it this, why does it seem like people who who don't follow or they claim to follow but they're not following, why do they seem to have more success? That kind of thing. Like, I don't know, it's the mystery of the gospel. There's going to be things mm. that are heavy in this world that we're not going to understand. It's true. Man. And it's like, I don't know. So I 100% agree that it's not easy. <laughs> not yeah. easy. That's good, man. It's really good. You're right. Um... You're up. Sorry, I was taking a drink. You're, that's okay. Um, I listened to one of your sermons, Pastor Todd. You really, you really don't like long-term Christians. Are they all the same? I kind of joked about this at the beginning, um, uh, both the beginning of this episode, but also before we started. Sometimes I feel like when people say this, they only listen to like a snippet. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe you really did. And you're right. I, it depends on what you mean by long-term Christians. What I mean by it is sometimes it is hard you know, there's a saying that says familiarity breeds contempt. Mm. What that means is, is we begin to take for granted and and kind of sneer at things that we're comfortable with. And I think in America sometimes, long-term Christians, right? And and I'm becoming one now. Okay, let me keep this in mind. But it can be very easy to take for granted the miracle that you have. You know, and what a take this from someone who was not raised in a Christian home. The blessing that you have, if you were, mm. it's a beautiful thing. And, Absolutely. And you're right. I. Um, when I say long-term Christian, man, I think you guys are, you guys, it's us, right? Long, t- You are such a blessing to this world, and you have so much to offer. And I just want us as believers to take that seriously and to understand that we carry with us the hope of the world mm. and to put aside our Christian earmuffs, the things we, th- you know, we can become so numb to this stuff because we're allowed to hear it. And I think about the people, the stories we hear in China where they have one page of the Bible they read over and over and over again and they treasure it. Sure. They don't get bored with the message. They don't say, okay, I know. They read it over and over and over again because it's living. And take this as someone who preaches, man. You can look out and see sometimes the people just going, okay, yeah, okay, tell me something new. And it's like they we always want something new, right, something for our itching ears to hear. And sure. the bottom line is we need to to hear this stuff and let it affect our hearts and not become hard-hearted or arrogant. And you're right, not every long-term Christian is. And in fact, if you ever listen to a lot of my sermons, two of the best people I ever met, and I talk about this all the time, one of the best men I've ever met in my life was a, quote, long-term Christian, a man who had been an elderly man, had been a pastor for, you know, 30 years of a huge, successful church and was a, you know, when I met him, was a janitor at a teen center and just an incredible man of God, made such an impact in my life. Uh, I love them. I I love the church. I love Christians. We're brothers and sisters. But yeah, I'm gonna push into it, and I'm gonna try to make us open our eyes. And I think that's some, one of the few thing, one of the things God's kind of asked me to do because I'm close enough to it. I'm close enough to when I was saved to remember what it was like not to be. Mm. And uh, I man, I never want people never forget how incredibly blessed you are, how special you are, that you're a saint, and that you are the salt and light of this earth. And without you, it is a dark tasteless place and uh, man that's it that's all and maybe i need to change how i say it sometimes but i just i want us to wake up and like new christians have and aj said it we can new we i'm not a new christian anymore but and even you're getting to that point but like when yeah. you don't come from it sometimes there can be an arrogance maybe because you you think you're seeing things that others haven't seen and that's not mm. and we challenge that too right like you just challenge yourself in it and challenge me so no uh they're not all the same they're definitely not but i will say this i see a lot of the same tendencies and some of them. Yeah. 
And that's what we're kind of pushing into. It doesn't mean they're not saved. doesn't mean no. God doesn't love them. But it means, hey, wake up, shake the rust off your sword, and get out there and do some, do some, some gospel spreading, man. Go out and Absolutely. love people. So that's it. Thank stuff, you for man. asking that question, though. It's a good challenge for me. Hmm. All right, man, here we go. AJ, does the Bible say you need to be... Man, I cannot talk today. AJ, <laughs> does the Bible say you need to be baptized only to be saved? So, to me, this is one of those things where, you know, I can't, I mean, I can think of different times yeah. in the Bible where, like, you know, like, Jesus was baptized and all that, but I don't think the actual action of being baptized is what saves you. I just think that is part of the process of you committing your life to Christ, but I don't think, you know, you I don't know th- that, dude. Be confident in what you're saying. You know the truth. Does water <laughs> baptism save you? Can I go no, get dunked no. in water and it saves me? No, it does Be not. Be confident in who you are. You know the truth. Yeah. So You're absolutely right. You yeah. get water baptized because Jesus told us to, and it's symbolism and a proclamation to the world publicly that we're with him. What saves us? What saves us is us committing our lives to Christ, and it's our, the fruit that shows once you are saved. The actual salvation comes from putting our faith in Jesus. Yep. That, you know, the section in Romans chapter 10 I talk about every week, and you know what? It's like, mm-hmm. confess through the lips and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and was raised from the dead, and you'll be saved. We put our faith in him. That what he did on the cross was enough, right? And we follow him. That's right. We repent of our sins and we follow him. Repent just means turn away from our way and recognize him as God and follow him. And he does the rest. Amen. Dude. Instantaneously. There so it you're is. right on, dude. Be confident in who you are. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> sometimes I'm like, oh, my mind freaks Me out too, sometimes dude. still. Uh, this is not, oh, this is my page. Objection. Nope. Number four. Oh, I. You marked it ahead of time. I did. I marked it too early. <laughs> have you ever thought about sharing the gospel on Real Talk? Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Have we not? Uh, yes. I think we have. <laughs> uh, I will say, if you stick around, I definitely have at the end of the show, and I bet you they don't listen to that, because it comes after our announcements. It's true. It's the last So at do. the very last, what I try to do, and maybe I need to do it at the beginning, because I think people are going to listen to the end, and maybe we need to like put a prize or some kind of code at the end and they'll listen. But I try mm. to do something at the end of every show, that kind of points to part of that, and I definitely know I've preached the gospel. At, mm-hmm. at the, definitely. You so, but you know yeah. what? The question makes me believe maybe we should do it more, and you're right. I think that's a great, great point, so that's thank true. you for asking that. Hmm. <clears throat> we'll try to do that more. I definitely love... Everybody knows I love preaching the gospel. Oh, absolutely. One, one thing I love doing. You man. don't got to ask this man twice. Yeah, changed my life. All right, man, here we go. How do you let go with something that you really want when you know in God's eyes it's wrong? Well, by the way, if it's in God's eyes, it's wrong, period. It's not just God's eyes, it's mm-hmm. wrong. Um, I think you have to be willing to understand that you don't know what God knows. Oof, like, you, like, like you have to be willing to put your pride aside yep. and understand that just because this is something you want doesn't mean it's good for you. So um, to me, it's, mm. it's having the humility to... To die to self, really. Oof. You know, we, when we talk about dying to self, good, um, we talk. You know, th- this is a key example. Um, you know, it's okay to have desires in this life as long as it lines up with what God is saying. What God, you know, and if God claims it to be good, you can desire that. You know, um, but if it's something that is not, you have to be willing to die to self and put that aside and say, "No, God, I trust you. I trust you that you are going to fulfill me in a different way." I I trust you that you know what's best for me, so I'm going to I'm going to lay this down, and um, yeah, I think I think that's really all you can do, you know, to talk to people about it, 
don't keep it to yourself because when you keep it to yourself, you're just isolating yourself and giving it, giving yourself more of a, a vice. You're, you're kind of putting a vice grip on yourself of like it's going to cling to you harder when no one else knows about it. Mm. So like um, if it's something that's not good for you, but you know that, you know, but you know, you know, you don't want to do it. Like tell somebody, you know, if you have a close friend, tell them, Hey, like I want to do this thing or I want this thing, even though I know it's not good for me, but I just, you know, how, can you help me? You know? And I think, yeah, but I think what you said, what'd you say? Sorry. Yeah, I, I think that'll help. Yeah. I, and one thing I will say is I think sometimes if, and you brought up a good point, but I will say if, until you come to the place that you don't want to do it because God doesn't want you to do it, no one else is going to be able to make you stop either. That's good. Um, but some, but I like what you said because even when, sometimes when we do decide, that helps us, you know, fight too. So yeah, it's good. Oh, objection to the gospel. There are atrocities. There are atrocities in the Bible. How to answer this objection? Um, it's fairly common objection, and also depends on which ones you're talking about. Typically, they say like God said to do this, and you know, kill all the people or whatever. But atrocities in general, absolutely, there are. God is working with an incredibly sinful, broken people. Oh yeah. So there are people being humanity. We have come, we had come so far and have come so far from God, particularly in the Old Testament, that the types of vile things that were being done, He was having to meet people in a place that and work with people that were so broken, you know. And I always think of this: no one ever brings up the atrocities God stopped. Hmm. Think about that story we just brought up, where Abraham, Abram went and saved Lot. And brought back not only Lot, but the women, the children, and everyone. Oh yeah, um, that's a beautiful thing too. And uh, but yeah, you're right. Um, sinful, evil, broken humanity, man. When we, on our own, we're a mess, and mm-hmm. that's no different than the people. There's a lot of people that were pillars in the Bible, and that's one of the things about the Old Testament that makes it even more believable. Who did terrible things, mm-hmm. and yet God used them. Um, you know, and some were men after God's own heart. I right? you know David did some terrible things, so you're probably talking about the big warlike stuff. But at the end of the day, God was having to work with with a very evil and broken world within that. Hmm. And um, you know, that's tough. It reminds me of that old saying, and maybe hunters out there know. You know, to get someone out of a bear trap, you have to push him in harder for it to get released. Um, <clears throat> so. That's and the other thing to think is what you said, AJ, is we don't know we don't know the whole picture. Nope. We don't know what would have happened if some of those things hadn't happened, you know? Yeah. And I think sometimes people struggle with and it depends again which object which atrocities they're talking about, right? Because they didn't all have the same reason or cause. Yeah. Um, but overall I think that one to me is never a huge issue because what I would tell someone is like, this world is evil. And if we all follow God's ways, right, if we follow the way um, that God has told us to do, to live, and follow Jesus, then none of that would happen. There wouldn't be atrocities. Mm. So, but we're all sinful, man. He's meeting some evil people right where they were at. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, I guess the best example is if I went and found a drug addict on the street and we're trying to help them, do we expect that they're going to be a perfect, uh, you know, contributing member of society tomorrow? No. And I think it's a, you, you now apply that to an entire people group. What kind of stuff could happen? You know, and I think, okay, well, what about killing all these people? I mean, there's a whole, it just depends on what atrocity means. <laughs> yeah. I have an answer for different ones, but great question. Great. That's a great objection. Oh yeah. Appreciate those questions. Cause it at least means someone is genuinely wanting to know.
All right, here we go. AJ, in your moments of weakness, how do you trust in God and that things will work out? I have to remember where he's brought me from. Oof, it's good. Um, you know, when I am feeling like, you know, if, if I'm having doubts, you know, I, I have to remember the miracles that he's done it's for me. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's plucked me out of such a terrible situation in my life where I had nothing going for me. I was I was per, I had I was completely purposeless. Um, you know, I was I was so broken. Um, I was so lonely and hurt. And I was so just, I mean, I was just so, I was a zombie. That's the best way I can describe it, describe it in life, is I was just such a zombie. Mm-hmm. And he plucked me out of that, and he gave me purpose, and he gave me a loving family of, of, of a church. And, you know, he, and, and, and then he continued to bless me by being able to impact people's lives. And mm-hmm. um, so whenever I have moments of weakness, man, I just have to remember those things. Remember the miracles, you know, I... <laughs> Todd preached a sermon a long time ago. I think it was 2018. Um, I think it was 2018. It's either 2018 or 2019. But um, it was like the four M's. Mm-hmm. The four M's to being on fire or something like that. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Four M's to being on fire. Here it is. It's remember the miracle, remember the mission, remember the moments, and remember the many. Um, so, you know, the one I talked about was remember the miracle, but also remember the mission, you know, the impact we get to have on people. That that was 2018. It was August 12th, um, at 6:46 p.m. Used to have an afternoon service. Yes, we did. Um, uh, remember the moments, so like the moments of like when God was, the, you know, when He showed Himself to me. You know, whether it was before I was saved or after, because He definitely showed Himself to me before I was saved too. Yeah. Um, and then, then just remember the many. Remember the the people who need it. Remember the, the people. Lost, yeah. yeah. Remember the the lost. Remember the you know the ones who even maybe you know in your own life. That that need the truth, that need that need that hope, that that you've found if you are a believer. Amen, brother. I ain't got nothing to add to that. Mm. I think that's all good, and I agree with you completely. When if we can remember those M's and live out of that, it would. It's hard not to stay on mission on fire. Oh yeah. All right. I think this is the last question we have today. It says it's another objection to the gospel. It says objection to the gospel. Religion causes most wars. How to answer this objection? Here's I guess my response to you. Humans kill people. So mm. should we get rid of all humans? Good question. Um, you know, does that, and I know that's a general question because then we're talking Christianity, but you didn't bring Christianity, you said religion. So for me, you know, that's applying some faulty logic a little bit. Um, just because people's application of something uh, is faulty or wrong at times, maybe. And sometimes it's not, you know. War, there's a difference between I guess it's not war and murder, right? And there, there are times, what if we hadn't stood up, um, stood up to the Nazis? You know, and I, I know you're mentioning other wars, probably crusades and things like that, but uh, I think that, you know, you can, if you apply that logic to everything, you know, um, some babies grow up to be serial killers, so get rid of all babies, you know, things like that. <laughs> right. Um, so you can't, no pun intended, throw the baby out with the bathwater, and I think that, Christians are not Christ, hmm. and um, man, that's the best answer I can give you. Christians are not Christ, and we're all in need of a Savior, man. We're all in need. We're all sinful, broken people, and that God's transforming. And some people have done a lot of horrible things in the name of Jesus that never knew Jesus. Yep. They just slapped Jesus on whatever 
their view of what they wanted was, right? Their mm-hmm. their desire was. So that would be my answer to that. That's really good, man. I mean, even just that simple tagline of a Christians are not Christ, like that's really yeah. impactful, dude. Because like that, you know, so many people so often just want to take take what people have done and make it make it seem like that's what Christ would want them to do, or like that's who Jesus is, and that's just not true. Mm. So that's really good, man. I really like that good. a lot. Thanks for the question. I love people. Like, those questions are so good and so real and raw. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, thanks for answering them. I mean, asking them and making me think through it, too, because those are things that I used to ask. Well, mm. some of them. So, all right, man. I think that's about it today. It's a good show. Yeah, it's a great show. Great questions. I had a good time, man. I know my tone doesn't sound like it, but I, I also it. had a good time. <laughs> I had a good time, too. <coughs> Big voice is here. And I had a great time. He's got a little voice with him. Big voice is here to tell you what to do. You ever heard a voice like this? Big voice. You ever hear some small voice like this? <laughs> That's a little rat. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, uh, yeah, you got anything to say, man? That was such a weird little moment. Anyway, I love apologies, it. everyone. I love it. Thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, I love you guys so much. You know, for those of you that are... Um, been a part of the crew for a long time listening to this i just appreciate you so much um you know you guys are the reason why we do this show mm. um you know and thank you guys for to all you who asked the questions you know it's such a big part i mean it's the reason why this whole thing even started was to answer questions that you guys wanted to know so thank you guys so much for a- uh, asking the questions too and uh if you're watching this from any any of our social medias, make sure you share it and tell people why you're watching it, and maybe you can share Good. that light with somebody else. Please. Thank you so much. Fun turn? If you're listening to this on the podcast stuff, just like AJ said, please leave us a review, a like, a star, a recommendation, everything that you possibly can, because it really helps us out on the business end of things, and we would really appreciate it. I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode, and uh, send it back to you, Todd. Good stuff. Thanks. I don't have a lot more to say. You know, they said the gospel. So in case someone's listening, I'll tell you, you know, the gospel sometimes has a bad rap because <clears throat> we think of gospel, we think of churches and sometimes and churches are filled with broken people that love Jesus. So even at their best, sometimes we make mistakes. But here's the deal. The gospel means the good news. It's good news. So why is it good news? Because without it, we have some really bad news. Uh, the, the gist of this is God made everything perfect. And he made us as living representations of his glory. We are image bearers. We walk in his image. And he said, hey, I made this for you, and I want to be in a relationship with you. And there's only one real rule. I'm God, and you're not. I'll tell you what right and wrong is. You trust me and follow me. You're not, okay? And we decided to rebel. We decided to do what we wanted to do over his desires. And what's happened over thousands of years of human existence is we're here where we're at today with murder and wars and brokenness and all the things that that were brought up in the questions and the things that we see on the news every day and the things that you're experiencing in your life. Now, the Bible says, you know, God is perfect and he is good and pure and clean. So he cannot be in relationship with something that is not. So those sins that what happened when we sin is we were separated from God, from our creator, like a branch broken off a tree. And what happens when the branch, and by the way, the branch didn't want to be on the tree. So once it's broken off, it's broken off. You can't put it back on. And what happens to a branch after a while from being off the tree? It dies. So the Bible says that the wages of sin are death. And what that means is, is that, and that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. You've done it. I've done it. I still sin. We know it in our hearts, right? And we're searching around looking for some way to fill that void that we have inside of us. And we can't find it. No amount of bottles or beds or anything else, mm. right? Or people in those beds. That's what I mean. Um, fixes it. So we walk around and we hurt each other and we hurt 
people in this world, and it's 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 ugly and broken, and we're all lonely, and we know we're missing something. Well, that something is God. So, hell is real, and that's what's awaiting us all. Everyone's going to die, and you'll be judged for the things you did. So, even if you did a good enough good works today, from this day on for the rest of your life, it wouldn't be good enough for what you've already done. You couldn't make up for it. Mm. And that's the reality of the situation. And even one sin is one sin too many. And before you say, well, that doesn't seem right, well, let me come in your house. I live a perfect life, okay? I come in your house, and I shoot your family, and I kill them, and I steal all your money. And when I go to the, to the judge, I say to him, hey, please let me off the hook because I'm good. I've been good for 364 days of the year. It was just this one day I was bad. That wouldn't be justice, and God is good, and he is just. That's the reality. I was condemned to hell and sin due to my sinful actions, and so are you. Except God loved us so much that he made a way. He sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to invade this earth. He did do it. He existed. Jesus of Nazareth existed. He taught us how to live. He taught us what the um, the kingdom of God was really like, what it's supposed to be like, and he proved himself as God with miracles, tons of them. And the greatest miracle of all came when he did the thing that not only told us where heaven was, told us how to be, what it would be like to be with God, but he made a way for us. Mm-hmm. What that meant was someone had, remember I said we all had to someday going to die and go before God. Someone has to take pay the price. It's either going to be us or someone else pays that ticket. And Jesus Christ did that. On the cross, he died a terrible, painful death. He experienced the only person that ever lived that experienced while living really, really hell, which is the utter absence of God for one thing, um, among other things, right? The pain. And he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Utterly alone, he died on the cross. Three days later, he rose from the dead. Over 500 people attest to this. It happened. So what do you do with that? What does that mean? On the cross, Jesus offers you today an opportunity. He says, if you come to him, you repent, you admit your sins, you admit what you've done, you admit that you're wrong, not everything you've done, but the fact that, because it'd be too long, but what that you're a sinner, and that you need him. What he will do is, because time is not a thing with him, he will take that sin right, upon himself, which he did on the cross, and in return give you the benefits of his perfect, spotless light. He will wipe your sins clean permanently and forever. You'll be sealed with the Holy Spirit. He will transform you into something beautiful and new. It won't be easy all the time. Um, you won't be perfect right away, but it's good, and you'll be better. And here's the deal. How do you do that? Romans chapter 10 tells us if you confess with your lips, that means say it, and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ was Lord and was raised from the dead, you will be saved. That's it. It doesn't mean you got to clean yourself up first. The Bible says, in fact, that in the midst of our sin, he saved us. Mm. Right now, today, as you watch this, I know it probably seems, oh, this is a weird video, and you, well, you might be that person right now that's like, this doesn't make any sense. Why is my heart pounding? Why do I feel this weird feeling right now? That's not me. That's God. Even though this has been taped before, God himself right now is reaching out to you and saying, hey, come home. I want to fix you. I want to cure you. I want to heal you. I want to forgive you. I want to make it so you never have to worry again and know that if something were to happen, as it will to all of us someday, you'll be in paradise with him. That's the gospel. That's the good news. You can do that right now by praying this prayer with me right now. Lord Jesus, I believe you. Forgive me for what I've done. Forgive me for the sins that I've done. I don't know how to do all this, but I do believe you. Please help me. Please change me. Please forgive me. In the name of Jesus, I pray these things. Amen. Right then and there, that's it. If you did that prayer and you meant it, you're saved. Get yourself connected to a church. They're not perfect. Find a good one. Get a Bible. Start reading it. Start reading the Gospel of Mark. It's a good one for you. Or John. And get ready for an awesome ride. Have a great day. God bless you. (laughs) 